Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Week 7 review, Bears, Raiders, and I will be damned. We won another game. How about that? I mean, you know, we, we thought that the Vikings game would be a, I don't want to say an easy win, but it, it it should have been a win. Even with everything that happened, we still probably should have won uh, that game. And, uh, you know, it just it didn't happen that way. And then everyone was expecting the Bears to lose, just like everyone was expecting them to lose to the Commanders on that Thursday night game. And lo and behold, not only they win, but they dominated, basically. You know, there really isn't another word to put to it, at least defensively. Before the Raiders scored a garbage touchdown with a couple minutes left to go in the game, this was a 30-6 to lead uh, for the Bears in the fourth quarter where we had everything. You know, the offense, it wasn't sexy. And you'll hear me in the knee-jerk reactions, I'm going to sound like a hater. And it's not because I don't want Bajan to succeed. I think it's just more sour grapes about how it's been going up to this point, uh, you know, uh, the Bears punishing me for getting excited uh, after back-to-back solid performances from the offense against Washington and Denver, only to lay the biggest egg against the Vikings uh, the week after. And then now when we're basically all checked out on the Bears, Fields is down. I know people were excited about Bajan, and so was I. I was very interested to see how he was going to handle uh, being the starter. But it's just like... Who cares at this point? You know, we're one in five. Uh, we're, you know, it, it's just, it's a disaster. And, you know, I, I, I fear for Tyson Bajan, especially with Max Crosby on the other side of the, of the line of scrimmage. So, um, but some way, somehow, against expectations, once again, the Bears come out of nowhere and they're efficient. They get it done. And, you know, defense, third good performance. In a row, and as a matter of fact, if you want to be technical about it, they've allowed fewer points each of their last three outings. 20 against Washington, technically only 12 against the Vikings because that other touchdown was on the offense. That was not on the defense. They only gave up 12 to the Vikings last week and 12 again this week to the, uh, to the Raiders. You know, and I honestly don't really even count that last touchdown. You know, it was more like 30 to 6 is what the final score of the game really was. Uh, you know, minus that garbage touchdown uh, at the end that meant nothing and that moved the needle for no one except maybe somebody who had uh, Jacoby Myers in a parlay or something like that on one of those uh, betting apps. But anyway, lots to talk about. Uh, this was a very interesting game for the first time all year. We have no bear downs in the uh, bear down segment. I really couldn't. I mean, unless you want to start handing them out for like Cole Komet, who did not have, who did not touch the ball all day until he recovered the onside uh, at the end. That was literally the first time Cole Komet touched the ball all afternoon. Not exactly his fault because it's not like he was throwing six balls and walked away with none of them. 
But that's just the way the ball bounced this week, particularly for him. Uh, no pun intended. Like, not one target came his way. I checked in the stats. Not one ball was thrown in Cole Komet's direction. Nor do we go to Robert Tunyon. But Mercedes Lewis got a pass today. I don't know. It was upside down world because the Bears played well. We won a game. We dominated the Raiders. So let's go ahead and dive in. This is the Week 7 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Let's get to it. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial tone. Ringing out loud and I don't know. So again, when we dive into these knee-jerk reactions here in a minute, it's going to sound like I'm hating on the Bears. And I think I kind of stumbled upon the real reason for that when I was just kind of verbalizing us a few moments ago and basically it was I feel like every time that I've gotten excited about the Bears especially this year I've been punished for it you know like super excited going into week one against the the Packers not only did we lose another one to the Packers we got smoked uh, on America's game of the week uh, by Jordan Love and that team hasn't looked anything like that team since week one you know how I, how I like to say that, you know, Kyle Brandt's favorite thing to say is week one was a liar. Well, as far as like what we were to expect from the Packers going forward, week one was one hell of a liar. And um, so got super excited about week one, and then the Packer game happens. Okay, we go through a rough couple of weeks between the, the Chiefs, then obviously week three and leading all up to it with the Allen Williams thing, Justin Fields calling out the coaches, Braxton Jones going on IR, uh, and all the rest of that nonsense. And then, and then just the cherry on top is while the Chiefs are kicking our teeth in, the, the uh, announcers can't stop talking about Taylor Swift up in the, in the press box or the, the, you know, the suite or whatever. Uh, you should have seen him today when uh, they played against the Chargers. Uh, Taylor Swift and uh, uh, Mahomes' lady, uh, Brittany Mahomes, I think is her name, got a little, like, handshake dance thing going on that, of course, the camera's caught every second of. It's like, how long are we all working on that? That's not something you just threw together right before the game. You had to be working on that for a while. But, yeah, so just uh, – but, yeah, so in comes Denver, and you're like, oh, okay. So, and, and like I said, if you guys remember, leading up into the Denver game, I was like, at least, at the very least, we should use this cupcake defense the Broncos have – to at least put it on film what the offense is supposed to look like. Not only did we do that, we damn near almost won that game. We should have. It's so many things we can talk about about why that went wrong uh, against Denver. Then we come the following week. The sky is falling. It's all over. And then Justin Fields comes out 282 uh, and four touchdowns, three touchdowns, 230 yards to DJ Moore. The defense, five sacks and two turnovers. Uh, in a 40-20 to 20 drubbing of the commander. So I'm like, okay. So the defense showed up after last week's embarrassing performance, you know, doing the things that you need defense to do, sack the quarterback, put pressure, force turnovers, give the ball back to the offense. Outstanding. And then the offense did it again. You know, they had a repeat performance. They were even more dominant than they were against the, the, the Broncos the week before. Scored, you know, almost twice as many points, uh, you know, in this win. It's like, okay. So apparently we did turn a corner offensively with the Bronco game. Fantastic. So in comes the one and four equally sad Vikings last week. We're all excited. We're all hyped. Everybody's picking the Bears. And what happened? 
<sighs> we went right back to, to the Bears of week one through three where we couldn't get anything going to save our lives. We were, you know, couldn't block anybody, even though we know what to expect from the opponent. We can't stop it. Anyway, talking about Brian Flores blitzing three out of every five plays for the Vikings. And on top of it, we get Justin Fields hurt for God knows how. Some some say he could be back as early as next week for the Chargers or, or maybe the Saints game two weeks from now uh, or, or whatever. But, you know, there's still no definite timetable. All we know is that apparently it's not definitely long enough for him to be on IR because he's not on injured uh, reserve. So, so there are, you know, two, three times this year I've been excited about the Bears, and every time I'd get excited about them, every time that we have hope, they turn out a performance that makes me feel so stupid for even entertaining the idea that the Bears might be turning this thing around. And by turning it around, I don't mean all of a sudden they're going to go undefeated and run the table or anything. I mean actually looking like a competent football team that will be able to compete week in and week out, like last year. When we, had, when we knew we had one of the worst rosters in football, we knew it. But that team fought its ass off week in and week out. You know, it was fun to watch that team play even though we struggled. It was fun to watch that team play because you knew they were going to fight until the very end. And up until lately, we really hadn't seen that from this team. We hadn't seen the same heart from this team that we did from last year's team. And I think maybe that was the other thing that was kind of demoralizing about what was happening uh, with the Bears this year so pardon me if even though I'm looking at basically our best performance of the year especially on defense I mean we didn't have the sack numbers that we had uh you know last week or, or even obviously two weeks ago when we we should have had seven sacks against the uh commanders we only got one sack on uh on Hoyer today but you know even though we're, we're watching a stellar performance uh from the team and I guess, you know, you'll hear me talk about how it's not any fun. I guess the better way to put it would be um, they're not going to be getting any style points for their victory. It was very kind of bland what we did on offense uh, today. You know, we ran the football, which is basically what I asked for in the preview game. Take some of the pressure off of the uh, rookie, run the football, use Foreman, use Evans. You know, for all the failings of the offensive line, they can still block the run pretty well. And uh, sure enough, we, we did that today and, uh, you know, didn't do anything too risky uh, with Bajent. Uh, we, we kept running that jet sweep. It felt like Nagy was calling the plays again. I think we had four different receivers run a jet sweep today. Because I know for a fact, Valus Jones did, DJ Moore did, Darnell Mooney did. Did anybody else? Tyler Scott. So that's four. Four different receivers ran a jet sweep today for, with varying levels of success. So, yeah, I guess since none of them got stuffed for a four-yard loss, that's why we kept calling it. But we had four different guys run a jet sweep today. So, you know, Luke Getze was still giving us a little nod every once in a while that he's still Luke Getze doing, uh, doing Luke Getze things. Uh, just like he did on the very first play of the game. Quick screen out to Darno, or excuse me, to DJ Moore. Very first play of the game. So this is how you want to calm the rookie down? Just get a rhythm going. Throwing the stupid ass quick screens to the outside, where we've got two. We've got two people on that side and four Raider defenders over there waiting for him. Nicely done. 
So, but yeah, so when we go through these knee-jerk reactions, that's why you won't hear me be like, man, Tyson Bajant looks sharp, man. It's just like, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. That's all. It's like, that's like, I'm, 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 I'm hesitant to get excited because every time I've gotten excited about this team, they've somehow managed to make me feel like the biggest fool in the world for doing it. And I'm still here. I was excited that we were winning, but it was just like when it came to the knee jerk reaction, it was like, all right, yeah, here's what we're doing. Here's what happened. And uh, yeah, it's looking all right, but the game's not over yet. So pardon me for not being excited. So I just want to give you guys a heads up on what the knee jerk reactions sound like, because like I said, we, we base on defense, especially we turned out our best performance of the year. And you wouldn't know it by listening to me on these knee-jerk reactions. So let's dial up the first one. First quarter knee-jerk reaction. Uh, you know, we start with the ball, and, you know, we won the toss, and Matt Eberflus calls. He, he wants the ball. He wants to put the ball in Tyson Bajan's hand to start the game, and then we do the most bare thing ever uh, with the ball when we start the game with it. Knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears, Raiders, and um, – <laughs> Matt Eberflus, he just can't win for losing, man. He wins the wins the toss, elects to throw Tyson Bajan in the offense out there right away. Get the rookie out there, get the offense going. Yeah, we went three and out because uh, we threw a stupid-ass screen pass on first down that got maybe a yard. Um, second down, the offensive line collapses. We get stuffed for a loss uh, on the run. Third down. Uh, Deontay Foreman forgets to catch the ball before he starts running with it. We go three and out and punt the ball uh, right away uh, to the Raiders. And it it looked like we were in for a bad day uh, as far as uh, Devontae Adams was concerned. Like the Bears didn't remember when Devontae Adams used to kick the crap out of us uh, twice a year in a Green Bay uniform because he had three catches on the opening drive. And it just looked like we were going to sit there and let him slant route his way uh, down the field. Uh, but the Bears finally held, forced a field goal, and Daniel Carlson, the kicker for the Raiders, uh, apparently uh, came up lame uh, during warm-ups uh, with a groin issue in his kicking leg, hooks the uh, field goal attempt uh, wide to the left, so it's no harm, no foul. The Bears then, on the other hand, go on a 12-play drive for 70 yards, cap it off with a Deontay Foreman uh, run and the, and the only thing that I'm not liking about the offense that I'm seeing is, and it's what basically what we've seen all day, every day under Luke Getze is that I don't know if Luke Getze knows that it's actually legal for passing plays to take place in the middle of the field because everything that we do exists outside the numbers. If it's not a running play or a passing play on third down, everything happens outside uh, the numbers, and I don't know if, if Luke Getze knows this, but that's a very narrow part of the field as opposed to the gigantic wide-open hole in the middle of the field uh, for our offense to conduct itself on. So we're up 7 nothing. Not a lot to complain about uh, thus far, but, um, you know, it, the offense doesn't look like it's in a rhythm. It doesn't look like we're clicking. It doesn't look bad, but I'm not getting, you know, I'm not getting a good vibe. We're up 7 nothing. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if uh, the Bears have the ball now. See if we can keep going and uh, maybe put another one in the end zone. So you hear what I'm talking about. The, the, the level of pessimism 
uh, in my voice uh, criticizing uh, Luke Getze. And this is not just a today criticism. It's pretty much, you know, since he started calling plays, every, everything goes to the outside. Everything goes to the sideline. Very rarely, like on first or second down, does Luke Getze attack the middle of the field. And I just got done watching the Sunday night game. It's actually late. I got wrapped up in watching it. But, uh, you know, watching Mike, McDa- uh, Mike McDaniel's uh, Dolphins team, even though they ended up losing uh, tonight, you know, they got their, their fast guys, Waddle, and especially Tyree Kill. They have those guys attacking the middle of the field all the time, constantly finding a way to get them open into the zone in the middle of the field uh, just, uh, and making it look really easy. He's got a, an amazing mind for scheme, uh, watching the way that they, you know, scheme guys uh, open and scheming those guys open, which is what makes the Dolphins so dangerous, uh, especially in, in that uh, in the passing game. It's like not only are you scheming these guys to be wide open, you've got these speedsters out there in wide open space. Very, very dangerous. But the Eagles managed to get a, a hold on it uh, tonight, force some turnovers and everything against them to uh, to get it done. But the Bears, on the other hand, if it's not happening outside the numbers uh, and it's not a running play or it's third, that third town's literally the only time that I've on, on like, a, you know, on a, on a regular basis, third down is usually the only time that Luke Getzey's ever interested in attacking the middle of the field. I don't understand it. But, you know, for better or for worse, it was working today. And, you know, we're doing our, our slant route or, excuse me, our out routes and our stop routes and, uh, and things like that to the outside, being efficient, and didn't really do anything to push the ball uh, down the field. It was kind of like um, the the opener against the Rams in 2021, where at the end of the game we found out the Bears didn't throw the ball downfield more than 10 yards. Uh, they threw it twice. The whole, the whole football game, we attempted more than a 10-yard pass twice in the game, only in this game doing the same thing, but it was working, you know? It was working. Tyson Bajan, very good thrower, uh, very accurate, uh, stayed poised even when uh, he was under pressure, which didn't happen very often, believe it or not. Uh, I think he only got sacked once or twice uh, in the game uh, uh, today. And uh, Max Crosby, not nearly the problem I thought he was going uh, to be. And, um, you know, that's that's praise to the offensive line, uh, you know, for, for being able to adapt to uh, achieve uh, that I mean, because that's in the end, that's why I, I picked the Raiders to beat uh, the Bears. Like if if it's going to be a close game, which the production out of both of our offenses suggests that it will be, the Bears don't have. I mean, we have Yannick Ngakwe, but I don't know that he registered a stat today because he certainly didn't sack the quarterback. I didn't see him pressuring uh, the quarterback, but Crosby was all over the place was all over the place and still got a sack or maybe a sack and a half uh, today uh, on the Bears because in, the, in those moments, those are the kind of guys that step up uh, and make a play. It's like, so if it's going to be like a one-score game and you know one team needs, a, clo- needs the, a play to close it out, I got more faith that Max Crosby can pull it off than anybody wearing a Bear uniform uh, right now. But thankfully, it never got to that point because this thing was pretty much uh, a blowout from the start, even though it wasn't – the sexiest, and, and, and you hear me mention a few times throughout, like I think even into the fourth quarter, it wasn't a lot of fun to watch, and it wasn't. And I guess the more positive way to say that is, is what I mentioned before. Uh, the Bears aren't going to get any points for style because it wasn't sexy. It wasn't explosive or anything like that. But 
It was efficient. It was methodical. We had those long established drives. We were really, really good on third down today. That was outstanding. What the, I think at one point we were like eight for eleven uh, at some point uh, in the ball game because they said we were seven for ten on third down and we converted that third down, making us eight for eleven uh, after that. I'm not sure how it went uh, after that, but it was just like you know third down, no problem, boom, getting it done. Deontay, Deontay Foreman, he ran the ball. Darrington Evans didn't get credit for all the yards that he got because he had like two of his runs called back for like holding penalties. Uh, and things like that. He probably had a good, you know, twice the amount of yardage uh, in the game uh, than he ended up with uh, because of uh, it was just he was the unfortunate one that had to have his plays called back uh, in this uh, in this ball game. So let me pull up their stats real quick. But uh, you know, Foreman, uh, eighty nine yards on sixteen carries, so five point six yards a carry. Two touchdowns. There were two sacks, one on Bajant, the other on Peterman, who came in for like three plays uh, today. Uh, the Bears just sacked Hoyer the one time. That was Justin Jones that got the sack uh, on him. But Josh Jacobs never got going. 11 carries, 35 yards. Brian Hoyer, 17 of 32 for 129 yards. Aiden O'Connell, 10 of 13, so highly efficient. Only 75 yards and the one uh, garbage touchdown. Uh, at the end of the game, let me see in particular when that happened. Yeah, a buck ten to go in the game. The Raiders scored that uh, that meaningless touchdown. So that's why you know overall, I'm not counting against the defense on that one because this game was far over. So they were just playing prevent, keeping it all in front of them, uh, kind of thing. And the Raiders were able to put it into the end zone at that point. But at one ten, they're you know the the crowd's clearing out. The game is over, and uh, you know Bajent. 21 of 29, but a very unsexy 162 uh, for the entire game. One touchdown, no picks, very important, and only sacked once, a passer rating of 97.2. You know, that's all you need out of the kid, you know. And uh, he, he, we got, what, 24, 28 points? No, 21, uh, 24 points on offense. The three touchdowns and the field goal, hey, man, that will win you almost every game in the NFL. So... You know, if it has to be Bajan for the next couple of weeks, like I said, on the schedule, we talked about it in depth with Lauren on, on Friday, was the schedule. The frustrating part about the way the Bears have played is that looking at this schedule when it came out, knowing the improvements that we've made across the roster, who besides the Chiefs and the Lions initially when the schedule came out, who besides the Chiefs and the Lions on this schedule worries you? Because there was always something with the other teams that we were playing. Like, yeah, the Chargers, they got a hell of an offense. But they suck on defense. They're terrible on defense. They gave up 31 to the Chiefs today. And, uh, you know, even in their best defensive performance last Sunday or Monday against the Cowboys, still lost. They're not a crunch time uh, defense. So while our defense is going to need to step up uh, next week, Whoever our quarterback is, and maybe we get a healthy Roshan, I would love to see what Roshan Johnson can do as the primary uh, ball carrier. That interests me like you wouldn't believe, but he missed again, missed another game today because of uh, concussion uh, protocol. So he's still out on on, uh, concussions. So hopefully we get him back soon. But, you know, it just, uh, in that first quarter, 
like I said, no points for style, but all the points in the world for efficiency. Hanging on to the ball, 12 play drives, uh, you know, moving it down the field, just sucking up the time of uh, possession. For any of you guys who, who listen to, to this show, who listen to my NFL show, The Fourth Phase, you know, I'm obsessed with time of possession. You know, hanging on to the ball is usually a recipe uh, for success. 12 plays, 69 yards, six and a half minutes on that touchdown drive uh, for the Bears. You know, the second one was six plays, 34 yards because of the interception. Uh, we'll talk about that here in, in a second. But in the third quarter, 15 plays, 88 yards, eight and a half minutes. And, uh, you know, it's like those are the three touchdown drives the Bears put together today. The shortest one was uh, just under three minutes because it was on a short field. But our two long touchdown drives, 12 plays, 69 yards, six minutes, 22 seconds. A 15 plays, 88 yards, eight minutes, 16 seconds. We inhaled the entire third quarter on that drive. So, yeah, like I said, it's not sexy. And as far as being a football fan, it's not a whole lot of fun uh, to watch. But it, they got it done. They got it done. So, uh, you know, even though I'm, I'm hating on how much fun it was to, to watch the game, it got the results you're looking for. You know, we were efficient. Let me, here, let me check third down real quick. Third down stat. For the Bears, 8 of 13. So we didn't get the last two third downs after that last one we converted. We're 8 of 13. The Raiders, 2 of 9. Yeah, that's a huge, huge difference. So 8 of 13, that's like, that's that's two-thirds. That's 60, 67%, somewhere in that neighborhood. 2 of 9, not so much. 20, 20%, 21, something that at ballpark. So, yeah, I'll take it. Time of possession, 34.06 to 25.54. So eight-minute time of possession advantage for the Bears. There you go. So so let's get to that second quarter knee-jerk reaction. Like I said, once again, you'll hear. Um, uh, not exactly falling over myself with, uh, with joy over, uh, you know, watching the Bears uh, continue to play well uh, against the uh, – Against the Raiders. It's like, but we're still winning. <laughs> New York reaction, second quarter, Bears, Raiders. And, um, you know, overall, this hasn't been a bad game uh, for the Bears. It just honestly has not been much fun. Uh, the we, we, we take advantage of a, a tip ball at the uh, line of scrimmage. Or actually what it was was a, um, a drop pass. Uh, Josh Jacobs coming across the middle. Uh, tips the ball into the air, picked off by uh, Tremaine Edmonds in six plays and 34 yards later. Deontay Foreman has his second touchdown run uh, of the day, putting the Bears up 14 uh, to nothing. Uh, defensively, we've done a very good job uh, bottling up uh, the Raider offense, led by Brian Hoyer instead of Aiden O'Connell uh, at quarterback. Uh, Josh Jacobs hasn't gotten anything going on the ground, uh, and the Raiders haven't really been able to put much of anything together outside of their opening drive where they marched the ball right down the field. They did get a field goal uh, just before uh, halftime, right after the uh, two-minute warning, so it's 14-3 to right now, and the Raiders start with the ball uh, in the second half. It's just like I said, it's we're winning. Uh, the defense is playing well. Uh, we're not doing anything too exciting uh, on offense. We're pretty much keeping it right in front of us. We haven't taken any shots 
down the field or, or anything in, in that regard uh, up to this point. Uh, and Bajent is like 14 of 18, but I don't think he's cracked 100 yards. I think literally he's at like 84 yards on 14 of 18 uh, so far in this game, just to give you an indication of how far we're trying to push the ball down the field uh, thus far. But like I said, it hasn't been a lot. It hasn't been fun, you know, like over the like, oh, man, this is exciting. But we're up 14 to three. We're beating the Raiders. And it's been so far so good. One of the Achilles heels of this football team has been halftime adjustments like our refusal to make any. So we'll see if the, the Raiders can make the necessary adjustments to give themselves an edge in the second half. Uh, otherwise, things are looking all right for the Bears so far. <laughs> so you hear me ease up a little bit, especially towards the end. Hey, the, the things are looking pretty good so far. However, that was the the, the dark shadow that was kind of hanging over uh, the Bears because, you know, we've looked good in the first half before, only to come out and lay a complete egg in the second half because our opponent made the adjustments on what went wrong for them in the first half, and we just decided to keep doing what we were doing. We didn't adjust to what they were bringing to the table because it, it was working. It was like, well, since this works so well, they might change that up, so we should probably do this instead. Or be prepared in case they do make this adjustment, then we'll start doing this to counteract that. You know what I'm saying? You don't get the feeling that the Bears are doing that. They, they, they go in there, and their mentality is, hey, it's working, so let's keep doing it, which is fine. But it, it always appears the Bears never have a plan B. Uh, you know, they don't, they don't say like, okay, well, this is what worked. This is what we were doing. This is how they were defending it. So let's just keep doing that as opposed to, so this is probably what they will do uh, in order to adjust for that. And if that happens, then we want to do this so that we at least have it out there, that it, the, the guys are prepared to make a change on the fly if, uh, you know, the other team starts to catch up a little bit as far as, you know, how we've been beating them uh, and everything. But, you know, like I mentioned, it wasn't a whole lot of fun to watch. And, and you know, obviously the, the top example would be scoring 27 points in the first half against Washington, scoring, what, 21 in the first half against uh, Denver. Uh, you know, just watching the Bears just chuck the ball uh, down the field, running when we want to, but... DJ Moore's a madman doing this, Cole Komet getting involved, blah, 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 uh, like we did against the Commanders and the, uh, and the Broncos. But, you know, we're up 14-3, to three, and watching the game, it didn't really seem that close. The defense played very, very well. So not, how, not sure how much different it would have been with Garoppolo because it's not like they would have been pushing the ball uh, down the field. It pretty much would have been the same thing, but maybe a little better. Uh, with Garoppolo than with uh, Brian Hoyer, uh, who uh, who they interestingly said was uh, the last time Brian Hoyer won a football game as a starter was with the Bears when he was uh, playing for uh, for Cutler back in 2016. Uh, uh, he beat the Lions in 2016. That was his last win as a starter. And, you know, I don't know how many games he's played between then and now. But uh, today was his uh, 13th straight loss as a starting quarterback uh, in this league. So, uh, yeah, interesting, uh, interesting there. So his last win was in a Bear uniform, probably in Chicago, too, just to kind of add uh, insult to injury uh, on that one. But 
the uh, interception uh, that I mentioned that we talked about in the in the uh, reaction uh, was a throw uh, across the middle to Jacobs that was kind of um, maybe a little bit behind him as he was coming across. Uh, Hoyer didn't do a good job leading him, and uh, so he kind of threw threw it straight at him threw it to where he was instead of where he was going to be, and it bounced right off his hands. And um, Tremaine Edmonds was able to uh, pick it off. Second week in a row, he's done that tip drill interception thing. And then, like I said, six plays, 34 yards later, Deontay Foreman in for the uh, touchdown, making it 14 to nothing. And you're sitting there and you're watching it and like, uh, yeah, this is looking all right. This is not bad. But, uh, you know, we still got halftime coming up. And, uh, you know, we've got a team that uh, seems immune to uh, making halftime adjustments. And uh, week in, week out, we watch our opponents come out and do different things in the second half that work for them. And we sit there and just keep trying to do what we keep on doing. And that's why we're one in five. And that's why fans like me are more terrified when we're ahead than when we're behind. (laughs) So, yeah. But in the second half, uh, we were reminded that McDaniels is a terrible coach because they don't do anything different that I could recall uh, in the second half. And, uh, you know, the Bears just keep rolling on, doing what they do. And uh, as you heard me mention before, uh, 15 plays, 88 yards, another touchdown drive that pretty much put the game away for good. And then we had all of our fun uh, in the fourth quarter. But the third quarter is where we really kind of drove home the point. The Bears are going to win this thing. And even though I don't sound optimistic about it, because like I said, I'm just I'm afraid to be happy, excited, hopeful about this team. Because even when I did it in, in game with the Broncos, you never heard the knee-jerk reaction because I was too pissed to share them. But I was excited at the end of the third quarter. Even though the Broncos had just scored and it was 28-14, to 14, you know, that drive that we had in the third quarter against the the Broncos. Long, sustained, methodical drive. Gets down the field. We put it in the end zone. We're up 28 to, to 7, you know, after that. I know, yeah, whatever. They scored in a touchdown at the end of the third quarter. But, you know, we're up 14 points. The offense is on fire right now. We got this thing. It looks like we're going to get our first win. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. Or actually, more appropriately, uh... <clears throat> That would be the noise, right? Or actually, this one would be better. Yeah, that that, that was more more apropos to what uh, to what that felt like. So, but even though we're twenty one to three over the over the Raiders, uh, we're kind of firing all cylinders here, looking at our first win in our own building since Week Three against the Texans last year. Uh, you know, I still can't allow myself to to get excited about it to be optimistic about it, and that's why this knee-jerk reaction sounds the way that it does. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears, Raiders, and, um, you know, it's still plugging along here. The uh, The offense is, is still kind of dinking and dunking its way uh, down the field, leaning mostly uh, on the run game, which is what I wanted to see uh, coming into this. Um, you know, and, and Tyson Bajan is doing a great job of avoiding negative plays, making sure that the he gets the ball uh, downfield. You know, it's it's I'm not trying to be a hater or anything. It's just that it's it's not very exciting to watch as a 
as a you know as a fan of football and, and watching it on TV, this game isn't exactly blowing my hair back. But the defense is getting it done. Um, where you know the Raiders are are moving now. They're inside the red zone thanks to a, a pass interference call on Jalen Johnson on third down. Um, the Raiders are in the red zone now, down twenty one uh, to three. We just you know. We had an eight-minute drive, uh, I forget, I think maybe 15 plays or whatever it was, literally dinking and dunking our way down the field. And uh, Deontay Foreman, his third touchdown, this time on Tyson Bajan's first official touchdown pass uh, as a pro, uh, making it 21-3. to So it's uh, it's looking good here. Uh, the defense just needs to, uh, to tighten up and, and do what they've been doing and keeping it all in front of them against the Raiders to uh, come away with the win. Yeah, that, that subtle thing in my voice that you hear is is me inside my head. Dear God, don't blow this. You know, that's just, it's like, I don't want to talk about in the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction how we blew a 21-3 to lead uh, in this game. I, I don't want to do it. I really don't. So please just keep doing what you're doing on defense. We're going to play this, you know, conservative uh Play not to lose offense. It worked. It worked. You know, and, and honestly, when Fields comes back, this is the offense that I want to see as well. I want to see this, not because we can't trust uh, Justin Fields or whatever, but it, it got Fields out of harm's way. Or it would get Fields out of harm's way because it kept Bajant out of harm's way. Luke Getze, for all of his flaws, did a really great job of protecting our rookie quarterback today. You know, didn't didn't have him on those long seven and nine step drops looking to get the ball 30, 40 yards downfield. He knew that three step, five step at the most, boom, ball comes out, first down or, you know, efficient, six yards on first and 10. So now it's only second and four. Now we run the ball, maybe it's third and one, third and two, we get the first down. Eight for 13 on third down, as I mentioned uh, before that works let's do that only with the added element of fields being able to get the ball further downfield from time to time sprinkle in some plays where we attack the middle of the field you know and and maybe that would you know do what you did today with a little bit of what you're doing on a regular basis where you feel like you have to throw the ball 50 times uh, a game let's not do that anymore let's do this and uh, let's run that offense when Fields comes back. This efficient, you know, I hate to call it play not to lose, but it's it's more of, uh, you know, it's conservative. And I know conservative isn't fun. You've been hearing me bitch about it the whole, the whole show uh, so far. But it gets the job done. And with the way that we've struggled with consistency on offense, let's build some consistency before we try to get sexy. How about that? So even when Fields comes back, whether it's this Sunday, this next Sunday against the Chargers or a week from now against the, uh, the Saints or, God forbid, even a little bit further down the road when we play the Panthers on Thursday Night Football again, whatever. Let's do this because it works. And it's only going to get better as we get – I mean, not that there's anything wrong with what Deontay Foreman has been doing, but get Roshan Johnson and hit, you know hear a – a Roshan Johnson's Deontay Foreman backfield until we get Khalil Herbert back. Yeah. Yeah. Almost six yards of carry today for Deontay Foreman. Yeah. 
And Roshan's far more explosive than than Foreman appears to be. Foreman, I don't, I don't, that guy's got the worst luck, man. It happened a couple of times last week against the Vikings. It happened at least once or twice that I saw today is that this guy is literally a shoelace away from breaking one for like 60 yards. Only he gets, uh, you know, an, an arm tackle or a finger, you know, a blade of grass trips him up just as he's getting ready to, to explode. You know, he's accelerating through the line of scrimmage and he's almost cleared the line of scrimmage. Duh, here comes that ankle tackle and he only gets six instead of 60 on that run. The kid's got the worst luck with that. I've literally seen it happen two or three times last week against Minnesota. Saw it at least once or twice today uh, against the Raiders, where if he gets that past that one last guy, he's off to the races. And, uh, you know, if, if him and Roshan are the combo for a week or two until Herbert's ready to come back from the uh, ankle injury, I, I can't, I you know, I shudder to think what that could look. Because, I mean, Darrington Evans has looked really, really good uh, as well, you know, in spelling uh, Foreman off the bench. Uh, and everything. So just add Roshan into this with him and Foreman splitting up the carries. Then you got something. And then we get Herbert back, and then, oh, man. And when we get Herbert back, I hope that Deontay Foreman is not a healthy scratch for the rest. You know, I hope it never happens to him again for the rest of the year. So, I, I, you know, I, I just, he, I hated the fact that he was a healthy scratch from week two to week five, and we didn't, you know, literally activate him until, uh, both Roshan and Khalil Herbert were hurt. So, yeah, let's let's fi- figure out a way to keep him out there. Because if that's our, what our third back looks like, man, we're, we're going to be in great shape running the football for the rest of the season. So just my own two cents uh, on that. But, you know, so here we are going into the fourth quarter. We're up 21-3, to three, and because we've been burned – uh, multiple times so far just in this season alone. I mean, we watched the commanders try to do it to us on Thursday when we had this seemingly insurmountable uh, lead. We watched the the uh, Broncos pull it off uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, it, and it all went to hell in the third quarter against the Vikings last weekend. Uh, so here I am, 21-3. to Defense is putting on the performance of the season uh, thus far, and I'm still like, yeah. Keep going, guys. Yeah, we're almost there. <laughs> it's like, come on. It's like watching, uh, you know, somebody in a in a foot race who's got like this crazy lead, but you can see him gassing out, and second place is just barreling down on him, and you are just screaming your lungs out for that guy who's just barely got enough. You just dying for him to get across the line, the the finish line, while second place is just bearing down on him. No pun intended. And uh, that's what it felt like going into the fourth quarter. Like, it's worked so far, but I've watched the Bears peter out in the fourth quarter before. So, you know, it's 21-3. to It's not that crazy of a lead that can especially – it seems like for for Bear fans anyway, the fourth quarter is the longest quarter in the history of football every week, no matter what's going on. So, yeah, a lot can happen inside of that uh, 15 minutes. And uh, it was interesting. There was there a uh, plenty, plenty did happen in that uh, in that fourth quarter uh, for our beloved, and almost all of it was positive for us. Knee jerk reaction: Bears Raiders in the fourth quarter, and um, hey, the uh, the Bears uh, put together another twelve play drive that resulted in a fifty four yard 
field goal by Cairo Santos, thanks to some uh, some timely penalties by the Bears that slowed that drive down. I mean, we had a run from, I believe it was uh, Darrington Evans or Foreman, one of the two, that got us deep into Raider territory and got called back because of a holding penalty. But uh, nonetheless, shortly after that field goal made it 24 to 6, Jalen Johnson, his first pick since his opening debut against the Lions in 2020, pick six for a touchdown that made it 30 to 6 after the extra point was blocked. And then he topped that by picking another one off uh, a few moments later uh, when Aiden, well, actually, I think that was the end of Brian Hoyer. Or was it the first from Aiden O'Connell? It doesn't matter. Because the Bears, uh, they got it done today. You know, the defense keeps playing like this, you know, only allowing six points. Uh, Hoyer and uh, O'Connell combined, I don't think, top 200 yards uh, for the day uh, passing. Josh Jacobs was a non-factor in the running game. And, uh, you know, we forced uh, at least two, three, three interceptions today. Two from Jalen Johnson, one from Tremaine uh, Edmonds. Uh, you know, this is uh, what you want to see out of the defense. This is growth and progress. Three weeks in a row, the defense has played well, forced turnovers, uh, and so on. And uh, Tyson Bajan was efficient. Uh, I think he topped out at like 170 yards, but had that touchdown, was 21 of 29. You know, you can't complain with what you saw. Like I said, it wasn't a whole lot of fun uh, to watch because, you know, it wasn't sexy, you know, chunking the ball down the field or anything. But it was efficient. It got the job done. The Bears got the win. Uh, we improved to 2-5 and five, heading Sunday night against the Chargers next weekend. And there you have it. Jalen Johnson, star of the fourth quarter. Uh, and the only negative thing that came out of that was on the pick six, he walks up to the camera, takes his helmet off, and does the uh, rain and money uh, symbol. And apparently that was kind of like a message to uh, Ryan Poles that uh, this man wants his contract extension. And while you heard Lauren and I talk about hanging on to Jalen Johnson, and I am in favor of that, something tells me that Jalen Johnson is going to price himself out of a bear uniform because, yes, he deserves to get paid. Because even as a, as a second-round pick, maybe one or two million a season, if that, um, he definitely deserves a pay raise for sure. And I think somewhere in the area of like, I think I actually read a really good article about it. And it was basically uh, based mo- mostly on the fact that before, like when that article came out before this game on Sunday, Jalen Johnson had one career interception. And as you heard me mention in the knee-jerk reaction, that happened in his very first game as a pro. If you guys remember that debut, uh, you know, that that first COVID game in 2020 in empty Ford Field between the Bears and the Lions, uh, late in the game, I believe it was, uh, Stafford, in his last season in a, in a Lion uniform, throws a ball across the middle. Kyle Fuller sticks his hand in, and it shoots straight up in the air, and who comes down with it? Jalen Johnson. First game as a pro, gets an interception, has not gotten one until today. And then he gets two in two drives. Or I think that's what it was. But he gets the pick six. And did it like he's done it a thousand times. Stepped right in front of the the out pattern and went untouched into the end zone for the touchdown. And then on the second one, I believe either O'Connell just didn't put enough on it. He may have gotten hit 
actually, because it looked like one that was kind of floating up there. Either his arm got hit or something like that as he was making the throw. Nonetheless, there was Jalen Johnson to come down uh, with number two. And, and now he's in the locker room spouting about how, you know, he's been waiting to get to the table uh, with the Bears. And I just know the just from the tone of the of the conversation or his comments with the press, he's going to ask for money he doesn't deserve. Because he's a good corner. He's a he's a solid corner. He's not elite level. You know, he's a good cover corner. But until today, he had generated one turnover in almost four, in three and a, three and a quarter seasons up to this point. And you can't rely on him to stay healthy. Now, he hasn't had these catastrophic injuries that cost him seasons at a time. But, you know, even in 2020, 2021, 2022, and hell, He's missed a couple of games this year as well with hamstring injuries and, uh, and things like that. You can't depend on him to finish a full season, and that all comes out of your check, bro. So, I, you know, I would say that the article that I read put Jalen Johnson in the 12 to $14 million uh, neighborhood, which I think is extremely fair. And this kind of harkens back to the conversations that we had a few years ago about Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson wanted to make a wanted to be a twenty million dollar a year receiver. It's like, yeah, but you don't make plays twenty million dollars receivers are supposed to make. You know those fifty fifty balls. You're supposed to come down with those. You lose those every single time. You lose those fifty fifty. You never come down with them. You're efficient. You have great hands. You got an amazing catch radius. You get open and you catch the ball. But when it comes to making crunch plays and making those. You know, 50-50 catches, nope. So I thought the ceiling on Allen Robinson, at the absolute ceiling, was what we paid him in that uh, franchise year in 2021. was about 17, maybe 18 million. It's like, that's as close as you're going to get, bro. And he hasn't come close to that since. Because the, the deal he signed with the Rams in 2022, going into the 2022 season, was three years, $45 million. That's $5 million a year less than he was demanding from the Bears, and he took it gladly from the defending world champions and the Rams, and a lot of good that did him. He got traded to the uh, Steelers. He's in a Steeler uniform now. So, yeah. I think this may happen again where, where you know, I don't think we'll franchise Jalen Johnson. I mean, maybe we will. Who knows? But um, who else would we franchise at this point? But, you know, it's just like I think that's the, the fair neighborhood for what Jalen Johnson brings to the table. He's a solid corner, you know, I think maybe tier two, but he's not elite. He's not that complete shutdown, just forget about this side of the field corner that's going to demand the 20-plus million dollars that guys like Jalen Ramsey and Denzel Ward and those guys who actually do those things uh, make every single year. He's not that guy. He's not. He could be, but he's not. Right here, right now, he's not. And like I said, there's the injury problem as well. You can't rely on him to finish a 17-game season. I mean, hell, we're only seven games in. He's missed at least two games so far this year. So, yeah. So again, until today, the main argument that I'm sure Brian Poles is going to bring to the conversation was, yeah, you know, especially after this season, we started the 17-game season in 2021. So 51 games plus 16 is 67 games, one interception, bro. I'm not paying you $20 million for one interception. 
So, yeah, take this 13, 14 million a season and let's call it a, let's call it, and then I'm, I'll make it short term, three years, so that you're still young enough to get another bag if you earn it. Because right now, this is what I feel you've earned. And I think that might sour conversations, um, you know, between the Bears and, and Jalen Johnson. And maybe he'll go somewhere with somebody will happily give him his bag and then he can disappoint them <laughs> with no interceptions and, and playing, you know, 10 games out of a 16, 17-game schedule. So he's great when he's on the field. You can't depend on him to be there. And today was an anomaly. This is not what you normally get from Jalen Johnson. You don't get the turnovers week in and uh, we got, as a matter of fact, a lot of times he's not around the ball. So anyway, and don't get me wrong. I love Jalen Johnson and I want him to stay in a bare uniform, but it's, it's Allen Robinson all over again, where what he thinks he should get versus what reality is are probably on two different planes of existence. And it's probably going to spell him not being in a bare uniform unless we do franchise him next year in which, you know, he'll get close to what he thinks he should get. But, uh, you know, we'll see. The Bears got the cap space. They can they can afford to franchise somebody. And uh, it, it, I think Jalen Johnson is probably our best candidate uh, for that. But we'll have to wait and see. But anyway, uh, in other news, uh, you know, Tyson Bajan, uh like I said, 21 of 29. And I was close in the knee-jerk reaction. I said maybe 170. Yeah, 162. Uh, he had the one interception, or excuse me, one touchdown. Uh, that he threw to uh, Deontay Foreman. Only got sacked uh, one time. Did very well. I mean, you you got to love this kid's his poise and uh, and everything in the uh, in the pocket. And he never looks like he's panicking. And you know who else we used to say that about? Justin Fields. Remember when he took that nine sack beating at the hands of the Browns in his very first game ever? I couldn't stop talking about how proud I was of the fact that he didn't look rattled. He didn't lose his mind over his offensive line not being able to protect him. And he also didn't run to the sideline and assault his coaches because, like uh, like Getze and, and Eberflus, uh, Matt Nagy made zero halftime adjustments to help out his young quarterback because he got sacked four times in the first half, five in the second half. Just felt that, uh, you know, going at it with uh, five unprotected offensive linemen against uh, – Miles Garrett and um, what was his other name from the uh, from the Texans number one overall pick? I think you guys know who I'm talking about. I don't even know where he is now. What team he's playing for? If he's playing for anybody, but uh, anyway, yeah. So, but those guys ate ate our ass all day long in that one, and Justin Fields came out fine on the other end. So, yeah, it was uh, uh you know. Bajan was as advertised. He was poised. He was cool-headed. Um, he got the job done. And as I say for the 500th time so far in the show, it wasn't sexy. You don't get any points for style. But who cares? <laughs> who cares? Maybe that's what I haven't said enough. Who cares? We got the win. You know, we won a game that nobody thought we had a snowball's chance in hell of winning. And I think we'll still be favored to lose next week against the uh, Chargers. It's a much bigger test for our defense than the Raiders were, despite the talent they have on their. Which is that's the thing that's so confusing about how piss poor the Raiders were today. It's like, granted, they're not playing with their starting quarterback. Uh, Brian Hoyer was in there for Garoppolo, 
We have Devontae Adams, Jacoby Meyer, Austin Hooper, awesome tight end, Hunter Renfro, getting paid like $14 million a season, two catches on three targets today. Michael Mayer, second-round draft pick out of Notre Dame, tight end. Uh, you know, and then, well, and I saw Jesper Horstead sighting uh, today. That's where he landed when the Bears let him go for the fourth time. And, uh, you know, they also have Josh Jacobs running the football. 11 carries, 35 yards for Josh Jacobs. Outstanding for our defense that he was so ineffective. And that's what I can't figure out. It's like with all of this, how did you only manage, what, 230 yards maybe? 235 for the day on offense. I just I, I I don't understand that at all. I really don't. So I mean that that's why a lot of Raider fans are calling for uh, McDaniel's to get fired, and I'm sure getting beaten by the one in five Bears is not helping his case at all. So uh, we'll see how much longer uh, Mark Davis can hold the fan base at bay uh, while uh, McDaniel's just makes a heavier and heavier case to get booted uh, from his job. But, uh, you know, Eberflus for at least another week, at least one more week is safe and uh, gets the win over the Raiders to, to ready ourselves for what I believe is another winnable game against the Chargers on Sunday because it's the opposite where it's the Raiders were strikingly inefficient on offense, but they have a solid defense, and that's what's kept them in games up to this point and what's, what's helped them win three games up to this point. But not being able to get anything going on offense, the Bears were able to take advantage of that. They got three turnovers out of that and came away with pretty much an, a very easy win over this team. Next week, it'll be the opposite. It will be the offense. They came out and they were going up in, in the first half anyway, up and down the field on the Chiefs defense, who was very good, up and down the field, 17 points at halftime uh, against this defense. You know, um, uh, Herbert... I don't remember what his, but he and uh, Mahomes combined for like 400 yards passing in the first half. And let's see where you finished at today. Because the thing about it is the the Chargers got shut out in the second half. It was 24-17 at halftime. The final score was 31-24. And Herbert ended up with 259 and one touchdown, two picks, got sacked five times. So maybe that's something the Bears can exploit on Sunday is getting after the uh, quarterback. But they have Austin Eckler. They got Keenan Allen, Gerald Everett. Quentin Johnson's doing a good job in Mike Williams' absence. He blew out his knee against the, uh, against the Vikings in week three. You know, they have talent and they are productive on offense, but their defense is atrocious. Even with guys like Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and um, – Derwin James uh, in the backfield gave up 483 yards uh, to the uh, Chiefs today. Six of 11 on third down. Yeah. Generated two turnovers. Got Pat Mahomes to turn the ball over twice somehow, but wasn't enough. They lost the one 31 to 27. So maybe next week is the week that you can see the Bears that we rely a little bit more on the offense. Because my main gripe with, uh, with Getze and his affinity for attacking the edges of the field is that that's all we seem to do. 
and that one of these days we're going to run into somebody who's not going to let us have the outside of the field, and we're going to be forced to go to the inside, and then what are we going to do? You know, as opposed to a team like the Dolphins, that mixes it up. They attack the entire field. The Bears, they just attack the outside. Outside the hashes, outside the numbers more, more, more especially. Never, like I said, unless it's third down, you don't see the Bears attacking the middle of the field on purpose. Unless maybe it's a dump off or a screen, God forbid. It's never the middle of the field. It's always the outside. Always, always, always the outside. So hopefully we do a little bit more in the inside of the field. The middle of the field. I'm going to beat that drum until it finally gets through to Luke Getzi's thick skull. That uh, we should be trying to exploit the entire field, not just the outside. Maybe call some plays. I mean, we, we've, we got Cole Komet. We're paying the guy $13 million a season. Maybe run him down the seam once or twice. And hell, Robert Tunyon, why is he in Chicago and we're not using him? Like when the Bears were in the red zone for Deontay Foreman's uh, second touchdown run, Tunyon's not even on the field. He scored like 12 touchdown passes in like 2020 for the Packers because he was Aaron Rodgers' favorite target in the red zone. He's not even on the field. We're in the red zone. Come on, man. So, anyway, there I am picking nits and uh, a 30-12 to 12 win for our beloved Chicago Bears over uh, the Raiders. So, okay, guys, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up with the all bear up segment of bear up, bear down for week number seven. <laughs> Bear up, bear down for week number seven. Our beloved Chicago Bears, 30-12 to 12 win over the Raiders. Of course, we'll start off with Tyson Bajit. 21 of 29, 162. Like I said, not sexy, but he got it done. He got the win. He's 1-0 as a starting quarterback, uh, as a professional. Got a win that the, the Bears desperately needed. And uh, got it in the wake of, uh, you know, losing Justin Fields for God knows how long. Uh, and, and redeeming himself from the two mistakes that he made last week uh, against the Vikings. Well, the first mistake wasn't necessarily his uh, mistake, the strip sack. But uh, nonetheless, no mistakes today. I don't think he even had a ball that could have been an interception uh, for the Raiders. There were no scare balls this week. Um, so, you know, it it was efficient. They kept it all in front of him. They got the ball down the field. He, he led these very methodical drives, 12 plays, 70 yards, 15 plays, 88 yards, uh, eight minutes long, and so on and so forth, generating touchdowns, uh, and uh, got the Bears the win. So kudos to Tyson Bage and bear up uh, for your first win uh, as a starting quarterback for our beloved Chicago Bears. Bear up Deontay Foreman, 89 yards on the ground, 31 yards in the air. So what's that? 120 yards on 18 touches. Uh, 20 touches. No, what am I looking at? Three catches, 31 yards. So 16 and three is 19 for 120 and three touchdowns. Two running touchdowns, one catching touchdown. So anytime we crossed the goal line today, it was Deontay Foreman that had the ball in his hands outside, of course, of Jalen Johnson's pick six. Um, you know, 5.6 yards uh, a carry to go along with the day that he had uh, last week uh, against the uh, Vikings where he had um, 
65 yards on 15 carries, so almost a yard and a half per carry improvement against the Raiders. 4.3 last week against the uh, Vikings, 5.6 today uh, against the uh, Raiders. Uh, A bear up to uh, Cairo Santos, 54-yard field goal, man, can't complain. Uh, and the, the extra point that we missed got blocked. So I don't think that's on him, but, uh, nonetheless, he hasn't missed a field goal yet. Whereas last year, I don't know. I feel like, I think he was, I actually, I think it was weird last year. He was more efficient with field goals than he was with extra points. I think he, and actually one that ended up costing us a game that, that lions game, he missed the extra point. That's why we lost 31 to 30 last year. But, uh, nonetheless, he's been automatic for us, uh, this year. And uh, had another fifty-four yard kick, yard fifty-four yard kick to uh, put points on the board for the Bears this Sunday. Uh, bear up, Tyreek Stevenson. Um, outstanding job covering uh, Devonte Adams uh, for the most part uh, today. You know, got a penalty called on him at one point. Uh, you know, sad like one per, one play on the very first drive. He basically sat there and watched uh, Devonte Adams catch a slant route pass. But uh, other than that. Uh, he was all over it, and I thought he did a fantastic job today, and he's been playing really, really well uh, this season. Uh, bear up Tremaine Edmonds, second week in a row, you get an interception. Uh, you know, and, of course, he's all over the field making tackles again uh, as well. I believe he led the team. No, nope, that was Brisker, just uh, just barely behind Jaquan Brisker. Jaquan Brisker had 10 tackles today. Tremaine Edmonds, number two, with eight. But, uh, you know, he had the interception. Uh, again, for the second week in a row, led to a touchdown uh, in the second quarter uh, for the Bears. I got to do this. Bear up, Matt Eberflus. Defense is getting better, and with you being the play caller, that's on you, bro. So uh, bear up to Matt Eberflus as our defensive coordinator. Not so much our head coach. Still doing questionable things as a head coach. But uh, getting it done as our D.C., that's for sure. Uh, the last three weeks, we've been better than the week before. And, uh, you know, didn't get as many sacks as we would have liked. We still got one. and But, again, we were never really in danger. The Raiders never really got the ball rolling. Uh, you shut down an amazing running back in Josh Jacobs uh, today, 11 carries, 35 yards. I'll take that each and every day of, this, every day of the season. And uh, so I got to give kudos where uh, – give credit where credit's due. At least as our defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, did a fantastic job. Uh, today, his defense is humming right now, and a reason that I like our chances next week against the Chargers. Will I pick them to beat the Chargers? Probably not, <laughs> but you know, it's uh, it's not out of the. That's why I keep saying these games are winnable. It's a winnable game for us if we show up on defense next week, and you know that would basically be enough to win the game, in my opinion. If we shut if we if we slow them down on uh, defense next week. I believe we can score enough points to beat the Chargers. Will we actually do that? I still got to be a pessimist about that and, and uh, you know, be in, in uh, prove-it-to-me mode as opposed to just throwing my uh, chips on the table and pushing them to the center. Like, yep, I'll put my money on the Bears. Can't do it. Not yet. I've been hurt too many times, Bears. Too many times. Uh, and what else we got? Finally, bear up Jalen Johnson. You know, two interceptions, his first two since week one of 2020. But uh, he got the pick six. That was the nail uh, in the coffin. And then just for uh, 
just for shits and giggles. He did it again uh, and, and came down with a second interception. And, you know, everything feel like we're truly in the bizarro world at this point. You got Jalen Johnson out here, you know, looking like uh, Jalen Ramsey uh, and everything. Just any, just bringing it all down. Whatever gets put up in the air, he's coming down with it uh, kind of thing. But outside of that, also did an outstanding job when it was his chance to uh, defend Jalen Ramsey. And as a matter of, or excuse me, Devontae Adams. And as a matter of fact, on the interception, the pick six, that pass was intended for Devontae Adams. So you got Jalen Johnson stepping in front of a pass meant for Devontae Adams going back for a touchdown. I'll take that each and every day of the week. So uh, bear up to Johnson on finally uh, getting off the schneid and ending his cold streak as far as getting turnovers. And uh, I think that's it. That's everybody. That's all I got. So uh, that's going to do it for the Week 7 review episode of the Bearstock Underground. Come back tomorrow when we will talk about the disaster that was my picks this week. We only had 13 games, and I think we had six early games, like while the Bears were playing. I got one right. I got the Thursday game right, where I picked the Jags to beat the Saints, and then I picked the Raiders to beat the Bears. Wrong. Picked the Commanders to beat the Giants. Wrong. Picked the Bills to beat the Patriots. Very wrong. That one hurt. That was 11 points I put on the goddamn Bills. Uh, what else? I picked the uh, Lions to beat the Ravens. Way wrong on that one, too. And then there was one other one that I'm forgetting, but I also got that one. Oh, I picked the Bucks to beat the Falcons, and the Falcons won. So in the first six games, the only game that I got right was... Um, who was the one? The one that, Oh, I picked the Browns to beat the Colts, and it basically took the referees handing that game to Cleveland for the Browns to actually win. That was the only game out of the early slots that I got right. But in the afternoon games, three out of four, I got right. The only afternoon game that I got wrong was, um, why am I trying to think this, figure this out from memory? I could just look at the goddamn picks. I'm sitting right here in front of my computer. Jesus, Dyer, what's the problem? All right, so in the afternoon games, oh, I picked the Packers to beat the Broncos, and the Broncos beat Jordan Love and the Packers this afternoon. How about that? So, yeah, but it's like pick the pick the Raiders to beat the Bears. Wrong. Uh, New England, I picked Buffalo to beat New England. Wrong. Washington over the Giants. Wrong. Bucks over the Falcons. Wrong. Detroit over Baltimore. Wrong. <laughs> but in the afternoon games, Pittsburgh over the uh, Steelers. Oh, wrong button. There it is. <laughs> Seattle over Arizona. Kansas City over the Chargers. But Green Bay at Denver. Yeah, that happens. So, But I also did, uh, as you know, I picked Philly to beat Miami. Hey, all right. So that puts me at, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, I'm six and six. So I need the 49ers to beat the Vikings to have a winning record this week. I just know that out of six afternoon games today or early games today, I was one in five. So, but I had a wicked turnaround four out of five in the afternoon to go along with uh, the Thursday night game makes me six and six going into the Monday night game um, tonight on Monday. So anyway, guys, come on back tomorrow. See how that all shook out points wise. I'm getting blasted. 
because I put nine on the Lions. I was super confident the Lions would win that game. I put 11 on New England. Ugh. And I put six on the Packers to beat the Broncos. Lost all those games. That hurt. That hurt. Only lost two on the picking the Raiders over the Bears. You know, it's like I thought it was more likely the Raiders would win, but I wasn't super confident. Because, like I said, the Raiders are a flawed team, and the Bears took advantage of that today. So, anyway, guys, that'll do it. Come back tomorrow for the fourth phase, reviewing week number seven. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.